0: This show is brought to you in part by Temple Sporting Goods powered by Adcraft. For more information on creating great gear for your team, contact them at 563-243-1304 or at TempleSports.com. Hey NAI football fans, Corey here. We've got John with me this week, and we've got the head coach of the Cumberland Phoenix, Tim Mathis. Coach, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great, man. Uh, enjoying the uh, low humidity up here in Tennessee this week. Uh, any chance we uh, I can get a little less humidity, I'll take it.
0: I hear that. Um, before we jump into the football, I, I want to go into the the off the field stuff real quick. Um, most folks, um, when when they hear Lebanon, Tennessee. Uh, they have no earthly idea where that is. Um, for the uninitiated, that's right outside of Nashville. Um, and and y'all had some um, some some damage from the uh, from the tornado that came through a, f- a few months ago. Talk about uh, talk about that and uh, how y'all came together um, as a school there.
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of a unique when it happened, it was kind of unique and probably a good thing that it happened. Our school was on um, spring break at the time, which, which was a good thing. But when it hit, obviously, you know, seeing the reports that started in Nashville, it kind of, the first wave of it, it really kind of picked up right in Lebanon. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But, it, it, it destroyed a whole bunch here in the county and, and the county just kind of really pulled together it, 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 it could have been worse, but you know for the people that lost a lot it, <laughs> I don't guess it could have been any worse but it was, it, was, it was a kind of a weird deal of, uh, of the way it hit here and and it, where it hit it, it tore it up pretty good. Coach,
2: um, you know you're one of the uh your programs are one of my favorites to talk about um just because of the history you know everybody loves to talk about 100 years ago with the Georgia Tech Cumberland game um, but what they don't talk about is uh you know that Cumberland has an enriched history um you know they're they're undefeated all time against Alabama Georgia um you know they have a win against Florida State whenever they started their program um, you know, it, it's an enriched history. My question to you, Coach, is: uh, do, do your kids know that history?
1: They—it's it, been brought to their attention over the last uh, year or so, and, and you know, and everybody, obviously, everybody—the famous thing is getting beat by Georgia Tech, two hundred twenty-two to zip. But that—that that even's a unique story that most people don't know the whole backdrop to it. That we really we didn't have a. That year, they canceled the football program, but they they forgot to tell Georgia Tech they canceled. And the preceding year, Cumberland beat Georgia Tech like twenty seven or twenty eight to zip in baseball. And this was Heisman was the coach of the baseball team as well, and he wouldn't let them cancel the game. He wanted his revenge, and so the fraternity here on campus actually went down and played the game. It, we didn't have a football team, so that's the reason it was like it was, but. Going back into the early, you know, the early part of the 20th century, there, Cumberland it was a powerhouse. They, there were a lot of teams in the SEC. They were in the quote early SEC, the old Southern Conference, and that they were they were a pretty good football team. Absolutely, that that's one of the most unique things,
2: and just just something that's always going to be integral with the Cumberland history is some of those huge wins and those. You know, huge conference championships. Like, I know they beat Clemson one year. And, you know, it, it's just it's just awesome to know, um, just as an NAIA guy myself, Mid-South guy myself, just just knowing that that exists. Now, let's talk about present-day Cumberland. And, uh, Coach, I want to just start off by talking about the vision you guys play in, the Bluegrass. Now, the Bluegrass would be considered, you know, the, the SEC of the NAI you guys have some stiff competition with Lindsey Wilson, and then your rivals up to the north of you, the University of the Cumberlands, and then uh, you know Georgetown is, you know, they're just Georgetown. They were off this past year, but uh, you know they're they're always there. You you guys play in one of the toughest conferences, but our toughest divisions. But you guys are so close geographically
1: together. Um, you know, just just some thoughts about the conference you guys play in. Well, it's it's a uh, you know a unique unique deal of our season this year where our conference kind of you know with three divisions and we basically just said all right you're only going to play in your division and play a couple of teams twice or whatever and some of these teams in the other divisions were probably just giving high fives and all that and we're like crap we got to play <laughs> two of these teams twice it's it's you know there's not a there's not an easy game. You can't point to one game on the schedule and say, We're gonna win that game. I mean, it's it it's overused a lot of times, but it is like the SEC. You know, the Vanderbilt beats a lot of teams and you know, teams that some people don't think they're very good right now, Old Miss or what have you, they beat a lot of teams, you know, so it's the same way in our in our conference, each week you gotta be prepared to have a bloodbath.
0: So let's let's look at uh, twenty nineteen a little bit. Uh, you you start off good, uh, going three and zero to start the season, and you end up going five and five on on the season. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, about last year.
1: It it, it kind of marries into what we were just talking about. We we started real well and. And I think it got to a point where it, we we were we were we had a lot several older guys on our team, but a lot of the guys that were playing hadn't played a lot. And I think I think that early success, you know, we, we got ranked, and I don't think we handled it very well. And and, and you know, so obviously going in this year, we got to handle it a little better, but. It goes it, – it just goes back into that. We, you know, you get uh, Kaiser, who was a, a brand-new team in the Sun Division down there that – you know, they're in South Florida. What can you say? And they're, they're a first- or second-year team, and, you know, they end up going to the playoffs. And so we drew them, and it was a hard-fought game. And one or two bounces, we could have won that game. And, and there were several games like that where one or two bounces – We could have did that at the end of the year. We finally we finally started clicking as an offense, and you know the way we ended our season with Georgetown, we got beat thirty five to thirty four. But the story to that is we're leading thirty five to seven, and the wheels just come off. And you know after the game, I told our bus driver, don't don't drive over any bridges because I might jump off. (laughs) It it was it coach. Coach, but like it kind of goes to that. that, you know, you just can't let up because that took all the momentum of, of going into the right direction. Well, Coach,
2: enough about 2019. Um, you know, we talked about your offense. We want to know some names, and I know spring got, you know, cut very short for many people. But we want to talk about some names that are returning on your offense, and then you're just your offense in general. You have one of the more you know unique offenses where if you're making the right reads and stuff and you're firing on all cylinders and it's hard to stop you guys. Just talk about a little bit of your offense and what you guys have coming back.
1: Yeah, um, offensively, um, it. I think our biggest thing going into this year will be how quick it clicks is we'll be great on all cylinders. Just uh, there's one question mark. And it's a big one. It's, we don't have a quarterback coming back. that's play a snap. We have, we have three really good ones. Two, uh, two freshmen that we registered and one that was here, but none of them have played. We feel good about them, but you know, that spring did kind of hurt. We, we, we got three practices in, which is not a whole lot, but you know, it would have helped for that. But offensively, you know, that's going to be the big question is how soon that quarterback or who it is that I, I think they're all capable of doing it. But we got a big boost. Uh, you know, we don't option offenses don't really talk about it. But we had a young man, Denarius Tolliver, who I mean, he, he's the best receiver in our conference, bar none. And he got hurt in the second game of the year last year. And he's our—he's a big threat. He was going to be in the NAIA All-Star game. But he tore his ACL, and he got a medical red shirt. And he'll be—he'll uh, be back this year. So that's a huge for us. You know, play-action pass on our offense is paramount. And he's a guy that—and I mean, he can run by anybody. He changes the game. You can't bring the safety down for run support against him because there's nobody can to touch him. And. So he's a huge boost for us that we got coming back. Um, probably being around the option as long as I have with him at the receivers, I've never been around a better bunch of receivers, blocking receivers anywhere that I've ever been around. We we, we just got great ones, and we got a a returning uh, B back that uh, he was a freshman last year. Uh, had just over five hundred yards as a freshman in a three man rotation, it's gonna be it's gonna be the guy this year. And he was, you know, a caveat of obviously not last year. So two thousand eighteen, he was the leading rusher in the state of Georgia all classifications. He broke Nick Chubb's single season rushing record. And um, he Traylon uh, trailing shepherd, he's gonna be a huge Huge deal for us. He'll carry a lot of the load, and then at eight back, our other skill guys. We got a lot of guys returning. We got a we got a young man down near you guys in North Florida from Bluntstown. A freshman is coming in, Alex Valdez, that we're we're kind of high on, and some other freshmen that we're, we're high on that that can really help us. But we got guys that can come, and then the biggest deal is we only lost one offensive lineman last year and we got four starters coming back and, and three others that played a lot and I I think that's where in the option offense that's the key. When when that line starts clicking is when it's all gonna happen. And I think this is year where it's gonna start clicking. It started clicking, our offense really took off. It was just kinda like a light switch. The line finally got it and it's been it's been pulling teeth. When it took the program over, they were a spread team, and they liked to – it's nothing wrong with that. They weren't recruited to do this, but it took – you know, they're used to standing up and waddle-waddle, but we want to stay low and come off the ball. And it finally clicked the last three games of the season. So we're looking forward to this year offensively.
0: Coach, on the other side of the ball, uh, your lone returning all-division selection, Tony Bennett, um is coming back at, at in your secondary he had two picks in a pick uh with a pick six last year um but you lose a lot of your linebacking uh core um slash defensive ends uh rush end there uh, where you're you're losing uh Tyler Tate uh Jace caps at that rush end uh spot and and uh John Carruthers at, at linebacker talk to us about uh, what you're expecting from your defense in 2020.
1: Well, actually, one of those Jace Caps, great name. He actually has. He's coming back. Oh, good. He has one. He has one semester left, one year left to play. So we actually get him back, which is great. He was our lead sack guy, but it's kind of an anomaly last year. If, if we had played him all the time, he'd have probably been the uh, the sack leader in NAIA. But we rotate. We had eight. We had eight defensive linemen that played, and, and Jace shared reps with all of them, but he's coming back, and, and we're, we're actually kind of – that was our big – defensive line was our – it was our strong suit because we had eight guys that played, but we got, we got two of those guys that are coming back. We had one that – didn't play last year. That tore his Achilles last summer. That'll be a nose. That was one of our team leaders and player to me, Matarace. That's going to help us. But we're excited up front because we think we're as good as we were last year. They just some of them just had not had the experience. Linebacker Tyler Tate, our linebacker. He's a big one to replace because he was just. He wasn't a very vocal leader, but he was just a work a workhorse. But we got we got guys that have played there and. And really, our whole secondary, our whole backside's coming back, which is a good thing. We're going to have more depth with some of our young guys. So the defense, if we can get if we can get the rotation we want on the defensive line, we could be as good as we were last year defensively. And we, you know, at times last year we were pretty good on defense. Hey, Coach, so, uh,
2: you know, one thing I, I really love to talk about is uh, recruiting on here for NAIA kids. You know, different schools have different things they offer and stuff, and, uh, you know, a lot of North Florida kids where we're at um, chose to make the trek up there to you guys in Lebanon. Um, one thing I want to ask is uh, how, how big of an advantage do you think it is just being right outside of Nashville? Um, you know, I, I think that would be a big deal to go – play and go to school right outside of Nashville.
1: I I think in our conference, I think it's a a huge deal. And I know talking to some of the uh, guys that are head coaches and other teams in the Mid-South and all that say that, you know, it is an advantage. Um, We're we're kind of at a destination place where, you know, it's not their fault that the schools are where they're at, but most people in even in our division, or you know, they're out in the middle of nowhere, or, or in little bitty towns, and you got to go an hour, hour and a half to get to civilization. And that's, to be honest with you, that could be a good thing in some cases. But I think it does help that we're right. You know, we're our campus is 36 miles from the foot of Broadway in Nashville, so it's it's a cool, it's a cool deal. You know, with all the sports, the Titans, uh, the Predators here. Hockey is unbelievably huge here. How, why, and Tennessee, I never know. But it, they, they they, really embrace the team, and they, they have a great team. But there's obviously a lot of stuff to do. and Obviously, if you love music, Nashville's the place to be. But, it, you know, it's good for the kids that we're, we are right on the interstate. You don't have to get off an interstate and go an hour, hour and a half um, away. And we just – we try to make that happen, and it's just about, you know, recruiting-wise, about that is just building relationships and just, you know, some of the places I've been, I was fortunate enough to be in North Florida for a little while and know, even from times when I was at Shorter University, just building relationships with some coaches down there. You know, we've tried to steal some, some pretty good talent from down in that area because, Especially in the north, in the, in the Panhandle area, is you know some of those schools are not right on the on I ten right there. You got to get off and go for an hour to some of these schools, and unfortunately, the way recruiting is, a lot of places if you can't hit seven or eight schools in a day, they don't go recruit to place.
0: Coach, before we let you go, um, I, I know John was talking about uh, a lot of these places uh, for y'all being real close together. Um, I, I want to know, in, in, in y'all's view and your fans' view, who's kind of your, your y'all's arch nemesis? Is it, is it Bethel with that sharing of the state? Is it Cumberland's uh, sharing the proximity of the name? Is it someone else? Or? I, I would, I,
1: you know, I, I've asked that when I got here, and they were like, well, we don't really. I would say Bethel more because she, just being in the state of Tennessee together, you know, but when you say that Bethel, we're probably, we're closer to Campbellsville, Georgetown, and Lindsey Wilson. We're closer to those preschools than we are Bethel's. The same distance as University of Cumberland's. Um, but I would say Bethel. But you know, just overall sports thing, I would say probably as far as the history goes, probably Campbellsville uh, as. As close as they are, and through all the sports, I would probably say Camelsville is probably the biggest. But I think Bethel, football-wise, is probably the biggest.
0: Well, Coach, we appreciate you coming on tonight, and um, we look forward to seeing some triple-option uh, flexbone football uh, from from out of out of the state of Tennessee this year.
1: Guys, thanks for uh, thanks for everything y'all do with the NAI, and please come up come up to Lebanon and, and visit us one weekend and come watch some football.
0: We'll see what we can do about that. All right, so that was uh, Cumberland head coach Tim Mathis, uh, and we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of a Mid-South uh Preview for the Bluegrass division, of which Cumberland is a part. Um, the Mid-South Bluegrass produced a lot of good football a year ago with Lindsey Wilson and, Cum- and Cumberland's uh, Matt Reim- Ra- My- M- Matt Reimer. Man, Corey, if you could talk, it would be amazing. You could do a podcast or something. Uh, Matt Reimer's club um, went down to the wire for that Bluegrass championship, um, and, of course, both made it into the playoffs. Uh, but it was a down year for, for Bethel, who a lot of folks expected uh, to, to be halfway decent. Um, talk to me a little bit uh, about the Bluegrass in 2019, John.
2: Well, you know, what's interesting about Bethel, um, you know, we knew that there were some pickups as far as transitioning goes. Um, They played a lot of competitive games, even though they, you know, hovered around that 500 area for the season. Um, You know, they played that extra game at uh, Lamar, FCS power. You know, but the the interesting thing about Bethel, Corey, is the talent is still there that we saw two years ago when they went undefeated in the regular season. You know, we talked about with Coach Mathis, the Bluegrass is one of the toughest divisions to play in. And there's not many playoff spots to go around, but this is a division that usually traditionally takes up two playoff spots. So if you can be top two in this division, you're going to get a dinner, you know, a reservation in the playoffs.
0: So uh, like we did for the KCAC, I'll go ahead and run over the uh, returning um, all-conference nods for the Bluegrass division. Lindsey Wilson, Cumberland, and Bethel uh, each return six nods from the twenty nineteen uh, all bluegrass all conference pick. UPike has four returning. Georgetown, Thomas Moore, and uh, Tim Mathis's Cumberland Club each return two, and Campbellsville returns a single pick. Um, you know, let's let's go ahead and, and and jump into it. John, who are you who are you picking for the bluegrass and why? So, you
2: know, it's going to be a tough one again. And I think that is going to be more crowded than just two people at the party this year. Um, you know, Corey, I, I really think you're going to see the same two at the party with, uh, you know, with uh, Lindsey Wilson and Cumberland's. But I think you, Pike, and uh, you, Pike, and uh, excuse me, I, I, I think you, Pike and Bethel. Are going to make a run at it as well um you know i think they're going to be a lot more competitive with those with those guys and but I, it's funny Corey. i woke up this morning and uh, you know we're part of the fifth quarter family and it has one of the biggest independent college football pages general college football pages the second biggest uh cfb home but then i looked at the first biggest ncaaf nation 247. He was doing a quarterback spotlight, and I I click on it, and I look at it, and guess who it is? It's Cameron Dukes from Lindsey Wilson. You know, a a count that usually talks FBS Division I football is talking about Cameron Dukes from Lindsey Wilson. Corey, you know, I'm going to take Lindsey Wilson. They've dominated teams in Kentucky the past couple years as far as win totals. I, I think it's going to be close. And, you know, Cumberland's, it's not going to shock me if Cumberland's does win it, but but I got to go with Lindsey Wilson again until they get knocked off.
0: This is the trouble with letting you go first because then <laughs> when I agree with you, it, it looks like we actually talked about this before. We really didn't. Um, for me, Lindsey Wilson is just returning a lot. Um. You talked about Cameron Dukes. They also are returning Jalen Boyd. They're starting running back. Uh, Josh Lewis at the wide receiver position. All-conference lineman and Eli Cross, uh, along with um, a couple of, of good uh, defensive pieces and Luke Bowman and Mark Pruitt. Um, to me, a lot of it is going to be can they... Uh, cement that front seven. Uh, you know, they lose a couple of, of, of good defensive line pieces with Dickerson and Jenkins. Um, can they solidify that?
2: Right. And, you know, a big thing, too, that we really haven't taken so far this podcast is, you know, it, it's really going to be on who can run the ball early in the season. You're not going to get a lot of time to install. Um you know, because you miss spring. But these coaches really haven't evaluated what they have coming back effectively. And, you know, one thing that's going to separate the great teams from the decent teams is how they, you know, they can't miss on their player evaluations and which players they put where. And we both know who had the two hot hands in the bluegrass so far. You know what I'm saying? Which is at Lindsey Wilson so, and uh, with Coach Oliver and University of Cumberland's with Ryan. So, it, it, it's really going to come down to coaching and who can run the ball. Lindsey Wilson and Cumberland can definitely run the ball. Um, that's where I think you know where Coach Mathis, uh, you know, having their triple option out over there at you know the Cumberland Phoenix. Like I said, you're going to have to be able to run the ball early to have success, just because you're not going to get that much install in that you would like for your complex passing game.
0: Yeah, and and having those those pieces back um, at quarterback, at wide receiver, that just makes everything so much easier and so much more smoothly, uh, coming back from what you don't know, um, you know, and and what you haven't been able to do. Um, Lindsey Wilson's two teams that they play twice are Campbellsville and Bethel, um, Bethel's going to be my dark horse. I think they steal a win, uh, and I hate to say it that way, but uh, against a year ago, I think they, I think they knock off one of Lindsey Wilson and Cumberland's, and pave the way for the other to um, to win the division. I, I, I think um, you know it. I hate to say it, it might be it might be Lindsey with playing Bethel twice that last game of the year. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to play them twice. Absolutely. And
2: I, I think, and, uh, you know, a lot of the mid South outside of the bluegrass has to be ecstatic that they get to skip out on these bluegrass games against Lindsay Wilson and Cumberlands and Cumberland that they don't have to, you know, face these bluegrass teams. What, what a unique year, Corey. That, uh, you know, that it's going to be, I'm wondering how playoff selection is going to be picked. Because, like we said, two usually get in into this division. But, you know, they might beat each other up.
0: Yeah, um, this is really, I think, going to be the year where everybody goes, you know, maybe we've been underestimating the frontier all along. and, And how they beat up on each other. Um, that's That's one of my key takeaways for the season is, is that is that home and home scheduling. Do you have a dark horse for for this year?
2: You know, it's funny, Corey. I, I, I was on uh, March 27th looking back on our Twitter account and uh, you know my dark horse I already picked publicly um, not only for the bluegrass, but maybe for the NAI total, somebody no one's talking about. And that's you Pike. Um, you know, I was watching some film of them and they are absolutely huge up front. And, uh, you know, when you're that big up front, you definitely have a chance. And then you got a quarterback like Bowen Smith out there. Who's a dual threat guy who can, uh, you know, create some plays with his legs. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you Pike does. Um, like I said, I, I want to pick Bethel. You know, you got the X factor, like, uh, Jacoby Wreck over there, Devontae Smith carrying the ball, and but you know, no one's talking about you, Pike. I, I'm going with you, Pike as my dark horse. Yeah, I,
0: yeah, I, I think they have a chance to, to make someone very uncomfortable as well. Um, if if not, uh, you know, nip someone, um, you know, that's that's ranked um, ahead of them and and pull a couple of upsets this year. Um. So we picked the same one. We're keeping track, guys. This year we did not last year keep track of who picked who. So um, this is our this is our second conference preview. The first one was the KCAC, in which uh, John had Avila and I had um, Bethel. To Win the KCAC, so we'll we'll be tallying this up and see how we do at the end of the year. Um, and see see who's the uh, better prognosticator out of out of us two. There you go. Well, Corey, you know I'm looking
2: forward to it. I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, football starts on time, which I, I think it will. I think pretty much everything's pretty much back to normal, even though you know it's everybody needs to be safe out there still. But uh, you know, and I'm I'm just excited to see what happens.
0: Me too. It's it's gonna be interesting. Um an interesting year for sure. Um seeing what what uh an abbreviated home and home looking schedule is. Um we still have a couple of, of conferences whose schedules need to drop. Um Particularly the Sooner and the, um, did the Pack drop? The Pack dropped, I think. Uh, the, I think, I it think was, it's just the Sooner now. I think it's the KCAC because I know, um, Ottawa's looking to finalize a game, um, early on, on that season and, and, um, and, and, uh, there, theirs has not been released yet at the very least. Um, Well,
2: yeah. regardless, I'm excited. Um, I'm glad the NAI is taking initiative to get the communication of what needs to happen out there. And uh, we're in for a good one.
0: Absolutely. So until next time, we will see y'all later. Hey guys, Corey here. If you enjoy our show and the coverage of small college football we provide, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash NAIF ball. Doing so, you help support small college football media coverage. For the next 20 or so $3 patrons, we will send you a limited edition holographic NAIAF ball sticker. These are gorgeous, and we only have a limited amount to send out. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash ball and become a patron today.